Thanks for tuning in to Farmer Theologian, a podcast designed to help you build deeply rooted practical theology. Let's get to work. All right, friends, welcome to another episode of the Farmer Theologian podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your continued support of this podcast. I want to especially thank you uh, if you've given feedback, whether it be through reviews on the podcast apps, uh, in person, in email, however it may be. Um, I thank you for that feedback. I pray that you will see how it is sharpening the podcast as we go along. Uh, One bit of disclaimer about today's episode, I guess two bits of disclaimer. First, I'm in kind of the mobile studios, if you will. I'm on the farm today, and it is very, very windy here today. Um, And so you may hear some noise in the background also here with my little ones. And so you may hear homeschooling noises in the background. You may hear piano practice. You may hear a lot of things in the background of today's podcast. Uh, Hopefully, it's not too much of a distraction for you. Second thing is, kind of as a way of disclaimer, is today might get a little ranty. Today's topic, the creation mandate, has been on my mind a lot lately uh, in light of events, things going on in my own life and in the world at large, if you will. So it's just been on my mind quite a bit. Um, And as I mentioned to you guys from the very beginning, part of the, the reason for doing this podcast is to have an outlet for those types of things. As a pastor, I don't want things that are kind of my little soapbox or my uh, area of focus to unnecessarily work its way into sermons. If if something I want to talk about is not germane to the text, I want to guard myself against shoehorning in my application, my thoughts into a given text that I'm expositing week to week. So one of the ways I can help myself do that is through this outlet, through getting things that are on my mind into a form like this so I could just get the ideas from bouncing around in my head um, into an outlet that will hopefully still be helpful um, to the church and an encouragement to you, the listener. And today is one of those types of topics. I've just been thinking about this a lot. I've been thinking about it a lot, again, in light of things happening in my own life, in light of things happening in our society. And so I want to get that out. But also, I do think this will be helpful. I think a proper understanding of the creation mandate, of what we were created to do and to be, will help us not only to honor the Lord in how we live, but also help us to answer a lot of the craziness, a lot of the madness that's going on in the world, and to help us understand where this is all going. And I think the creation mandate really runs its way through Scripture. So hopefully you'll see that by the end of today, and this episode will be a great encouragement to you. First things first, though, we have to define what we're talking about. What is the creation mandate? Maybe you've never heard that term. Maybe you've heard it called something else. Uh, One beloved professor I had in seminary calls it the kingdom mandate. Uh, I think that's also a good way of describing it. Um, I personally prefer creation mandate because it's given to us in creation. So let me go ahead and read that to you. We find the creation mandate, or what I'm referring to as the creation mandate, in Genesis chapter 1, specifically verses 26 through 29. So I want to begin by reading that for us so we understand what it is. And of course, as always, I am reading from the non-Arminian Standard Bible. And yes, I do take that language direct from Daryl Harrison. Uh, The non-Arminian Standard Bible or the NASB 95. Genesis 1, starting in verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, 
and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So I read there from Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 through the end of that chapter, verse 31. And here is again is where we find the creation mandate. And simply put, there are three aspects to this creation mandate. First, what is the mandate itself? It is to fill, to fill the earth, to be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth, to rule, to rule over creation and to subdue it and to subdue it, to keep it under charge. And the reason that this is important for us to understand and the reason that many call this the kingdom mandate is this is God's intent to have his image bearers, men and women created in his image, rule as his vice regents or his mediatorial kings and uh, and queens over what he has created. He established this rule. We also see, along with understanding what it is to fill, rule, and subdue, that this is all a part of and, and maintained by God's provision. God says, do this. And then he says, I've given you everything you need for food. He says, I'm giving you provision to be able to power you to do this. And then it's under God's authority. Of course, it's still under what he has said. He is the one who has established this. Even though he has provided for them, he's given them everything else. He is the one giving them this charge. So their rule is still under his authority. So we have this, what is the mandate? To fill, rule, and subdue. How do they go about accomplishing this? By God's provision. And then the caveat that it is under God's authority. Now, friends, this fits and this theme really runs throughout all of biblical revelation from beginning to end. We see it given here at the beginning. It is, it is mandated in creation, but we ultimately see that it is restored in the new heavens and new earth. In Revelation 22, 5, it says that those who are his, those whose name are in the Lamb's book of life, will reign with him forever and ever. So we have the kingdom established, this, this kingdom mandate or this creation mandate established in the beginning and restored in the end. And what happens in between there? Well, man falls. The first Adam fails in every way. In fact, the first 11 chapters in Genesis, you see that man fails in every single way. He fails to rule over the serpent instead of allowing the serpent to mislead him into disobedience to God. He fails to multiply and fill the earth in rather than multiplying image bearers in Genesis 6, goes in with the daughters of men. And then he fails to fill the earth and make a name for God at the Tower of Babel, instead coming together in one location, trying to make a name for himself. So by the end of the first 11 chapters of Genesis, man has systematically failed every part of the creation mandate. And God begins to intervene through covenants to bring about his plan of restoration. And of course, we know through all of the covenants mentioned in scripture, Christ is the ultimate fulfillment of those. The second Adam is the one who fulfills the the, the mandate in perfection and thus through faith in him we can be restored to do what god has what what god has created us to do and will ultimately do what god has created us to do perfectly in eternity now this is amazing amazing truth friends it is 
steep truth. And there are many, many implications to that. And that's what I want you to understand. As we understand that we were created to feel, rule, and subdue, and that we have fallen in that, but through Christ, we can be restored and know still imperfectly follow his mandate today and will perfectly follow his mandate when we are fully restored in eternity future. We need to understand that this basic truth has many implications for how we live. We cannot miss the importance of this mandate. In fact, many, many of the problems today are a lack of fulfilling and understanding this mandate. Many problems we have today are stemming from not wanting to submit to being made in the image of God and to fill and to replicate the image of God, but rather wanting to determine what we are going to be for ourselves. We want to determine who we are. We want to determine, I mean, how many ills just directly defy the simple command to be fruitful and multiply. So many of the great ills in our society fail in this simple way. We are not fruitful and multiplying. Instead, we're aborting babies by the millions. We're giving over to sexual desires that that don't meet and don't allow us to fulfill this mandate. Homosexuality, all sorts of perversions, abortion, various forms of contraceptions, all built to stop us from fulfilling this command to be fruitful and multiply. And we don't we refuse to subdue the earth. We refuse to exercise dominion. So many natural disasters caused by unnatural things, right? By Caused by us failing to simply do what God has told us to do and subdue the earth, to exercise dominion over the earth. Wildfires don't break out in neighborhoods. They break out in places where the world is not under the dominion of man. It's allowed to grow wild. Dear friends, we need to embrace and understand that we have a mandate. But we also need to understand that where the first Adam failed and we have failed in him, the last Adam obeyed, bringing salvation and restoration. So we can't perfectly fulfill it now, and we have never perfectly fulfilled it, but we can be restored in Christ. So how do we act now in light of these truths? Understanding what the mandate is, understanding that we as humanity have failed, understanding that Christ has obeyed perfectly and therefore brings about the possibility of restoration and salvation through faith in him. How do we act? How do we respond as Christians? Well, first, let me encourage you. If you are in Christ, you have been freed to walk in newness of life. You have been freed to walk out of love for him in obedience to him. And that includes in exercising faithful dominion, in exercising dominion over yourself. This is something I'm personally trying to improve on quite a bit. I have not done a good job of this and trying to make strides to do better at this. Hashtag carnivore life. But also in exercising faithful dominion over God's provision for you. Those things that he has given you, those resources, whatever plot of land he has put you on, even if it's just a room in your house, Exercise faithful dominion. Be a faithful steward of those things. Rule and subdue it. Bring it into order in a way that reflects that you are made in God's image. And then whatever spheres of authority God has placed you in, exercise faithful dominion. Exercise the authority that he has delegated to you in a way that honors him and is consistent with his word. And dear friends, be fruitful and multiply. God told the Israelites when they were in captivity, 
and he and they were in a land not their own. He told them, plant gardens, have kids, give your kids into marriage. This is Jeremiah 29, the, the part of Jeremiah we overlook because we want to get to that one verse in Jeremiah 29. Dear friends, let us as sojourners in this world exercise faithful dominion. Plant gardens, build houses, have kids, give them into marriage. Be fruitful and multiply, dear friends. And then rule over what God has given you to rule over. Do so faithfully. Next, along with exercising faithful dominion, seeking in Christ through faith in him to obey the commandment, the, the creation mandate in any way we can, we should also, in light of this truth, live in eager longing for that full restoration when we will reign with him for eternity future, when we will reign with him in his kingdom perfectly. We should long for that day. And then lastly, dear friends, let me encourage you, in light of the creation mandate, in light of the fact that we have all fallen, in light of the fact that true restoration is only available in Christ, who will fully restore his creation in the end and his creation mandate in the end, let us proclaim, proclaim the truth in love. Let us not be content with allowing everyone to go along and get along, but let us proclaim the truth in love. Let us proclaim who God created us to be. Let us not buy into the world's push, the world's uh, insistence that we rather affirm lies, that we speak lies and affirmation. Instead, let us do what Scripture tells us to do in speaking the truth in love. Call people to be who God has created them to be. And when they understand that they can't on their own, proclaim true salvation and restoration in Christ our King. Dear friends, when we understand who we are created to be in the most basic sense, we are created in His image to fill, rule, and subdue the earth. When we understand that we have failed that mandate completely, and we understand that the second Adam, Christ, came and fulfilled it perfectly so that we could be saved and restored through Him. And when we understand that in His grand plan, He is going to bring about that full restoration in the new heavens and new earth, it should impact the way we live. First, in driving us out of love for him to be obedient to the creation mandate. Second, in living in eager longing for that full restoration. And third, in speaking the truth in love. Call people to be who God has created them to be and tell them that the only way they can do that is through Christ the King. And they too can have this eternal hope of a new creation, the new heavens and the new earth. Well, that's it for today's episode, friend. I pray this episode has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. Challenge your thinking. I can't help but in this episode with a call for prayer for the victims and all those affected in the shooting in Nashville, where this one, denying what God created them to be, committed such an evil atrocity. Pray for those affected. Pray us all that the, the pastor of the church lost his, his daughter in this. Pray for that man and his family. Pray for all those who are affected. And dear friends, let us not see that there's, let us, let us not fail to see the connection between us failing who we are created to be and these types of evils. But let us not also live in such a way or fail to see that Christ is the solution. Christ is the solution to these problems, the only true solution to these evils. So let us proclaim Christ as King and obey him. Thank you again for listening to Farmer Theologian. Pray this episode continues to bless you as we all seek to build deeply rooted practical theology.